Hey guys, it's uh, Andy here in another episode of the Mountain Malarkey Podcast with Dave. Hello everybody. Um, hey everyone, uh, if you just joined us, yeah, we're just trying to, uh, uh, we lost Dave for a sec, so we're just trying to get him back, um, which is mad because he is not a million miles away. Um, Right, Dave. Yeah, just re-added Dave and I will add you back in. Uh, but how is everyone? I hope you're all joy- enjoying the, the sunny weather. Absolute scorcher, isn't it, the last um, uh, sort of week? Uh, so, yeah, I uh, hope you're enjoying it. Keep hydrated because I know, um, you know, I was only out there for sort of half hour, um, you know, 40 minutes and it's it's a hot one. Right, Dave, I'm going to see if you can bring you in. Let's see if that comes in um let's have a look yeah dave you're showing my uh, my screen that you're still can anyone see dave can someone just give me a little thumbs up if you can see dave or a little yes that you can see dave um, yeah. just so we can see because at the moment i can't see you dave um let's have a little look really weird it's weird because i might not i not be able to see you um so dave it looks like people can actually see you which is strange because i can't um but as long as you guys can see him, I can see him through this little window here. Yeah, so Dave, it's so weird. It's uh, it's it's all good, but you are your name's a little bit wrong, so I'm going to change it, Dave, because we wouldn't want people to get that wrong, would we? Yeah, I think it's signing me in as you, Anne. So I could log out, but I don't want that to log us both out. Do you know what I mean? And no, then... it's, it's okay, mate. It's okay. We got it good. Well, uh, I'll chuck you in anyway. Can uh, I could so just before we continue, guys, before we we, we crack on. Can everyone see me and can everyone see Dave? Could just say yes or a no. Um, let's see what we can do. Um, no way. I can see Dave. He's there now. Sweet. Awesome. All right, Dave, look, let's crack on. Um, <laughs> apologies uh, if you joined us for some tech issues. Um, yeah, it's weird, actually. Only over the last sort of couple of months, we've had some tech issues. We've always kind of, kind of been quite good, but um, who knows why? Who knows? Anyway, welcome to um, another Tuesday tune-in. Um, Dave, so yeah, we, we had a bit of fun at the Altitude Centre, didn't we? Yeah, every, well, everyone had a bit of fun at my expense by the time of it. No, it was hilarious, some of those comments yeah. and stuff like that. I really enjoyed it. But yeah, no, it was a really good one. And we were wondering like what we can do today yeah. to talk about it. And we thought, well, you know, we can follow up on it, actually, because we never had a really much of a chance after we went through all of the Altitude Centre to really offer our opinion on it and to talk about it like this on a normal life. Yeah. What we got from it. Um, do we glean any golden nuggets and stuff like that? And, you know, what our views on it are going forward for the mountains. And yeah, yeah. so that's what we're going to talk about today a little bit. Exactly. No, it, it was, you know, a bit of a learning curve for us. I mean, obviously, we, you know, you've been around the community for a while. Obviously, we um, you know we do specialise in the high altitude trekking, but the the science stuff was quite interesting. But we always wanted to find out, you know, is, is it worth it? Um, is it worth going and doing the uh, to, to somewhere like the altitude centre, um, you know, and finding out some some additional stats that could help, uh, you know, how you how your body is going to behave altitude. So that was quite fascinating, and I think yeah, we both wanted to share our, our kind of views on it, um, you know, with, with regards to you know what are the benefits. Um, you know, maybe what are some of the negatives as well? Although, you know, as you find out, there, there wasn't many, uh, to be honest. But, you know, it, it was a good learning curve, um, you know, for all of us. And I hope you enjoyed it anyway. Those kind of lives, um, you know, just because logistically it's quite challenging. 
Um, but we, we are going to do some further ones like that uh, with some of our partners that we're reaching out to and trying to get live away from the office, which would be quite cool. But yeah, Dave, I mean, um, so altitude training then, obviously, we don't, don't want to go into too deep. But um, before we do, any questions, guys, do drop them in the comments. because Obviously, we're here to, um, you know, to answer those questions. So anything around altitude, anything around the altitude center, because I know there was heaps last week and we were flying through them as we were trying to breathe. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I was breathing while I was walking. Dave was on the bike, absolutely nailing it. So, yeah, any questions around last week, do drop them in again and we can answer those. But obviously, any new questions as well. Uh, around anything even if it's the main Bhutans, anything like that then do do drop them in guys um yeah and we can we can discuss them but dave yeah yeah where should we start then altitude training altitude so center. yeah it was it was my first time simulating mm. altitude at sea level yeah um or pretty much sea level you know we were up a flight of steps um and yeah it was really interesting i like from a personal perspective i was really 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 looking forward to going and checking it out and seeing what their yeah. entire setup were i mean i should say right right off the bat you know, James and Sam, their knowledge of altitude. I mean, they've yeah. all, they've both summited Kilimanjaro, so they've, they've, they've sampled it for real. Um, but the knowledge that they have is, is really fascinating. Even from yeah. someone who knows a little bit about it, you know, I'm certainly not an expert, but I've been to altitude many times and have some experience with it. So being able to talk to those guys and actually get a bit of the, uh, the background about what's going on. And it's really interesting because I can say like, well, what's happening when I feel like this? And then you can get an answer. So it's really, really fascinating. And just being in that room, that setup that they've got, that yeah. room that we're in, even without the masks, is at 2,700 meters. You know, so that is fascinating. You know, you're in the room yeah. and you just, you're like, wow, I'm at 2,000. And people go in there and you can use the treadmills and you can use the bikes without the mask on just to train at 2,700 meters, which will give you a, an additional benefit. So you see people in there running and, you know yeah. doing stuff like that but yeah the real the real business is done with those masks on and those big giant airbags and stuff that you saw yeah um, definitely um i think that the biggest thing we learned and you know I, I think it's kind of common knowledge but you know good to share with everyone <clears throat> is that there's definitely a difference between altitude training and training for altitude yeah um you know like obviously all if, if you're on here now altitude training will 100 percent help you um, with regards to, you know, building up, uh, you know, maybe a better flow rate with oxygen uh, in your body. Also as well, in terms of maybe creating some some of those uh, more red blood cells, you can transfer the oxygen around the body faster, which helps. Um, it's why you see athletes and rugby players train around altitude because it gives them benefits when they come down. But for us, it's, it is a little bit different because we are going to altitude um, where we can train here. So the benefits really that we found are, okay, you can, you can simulate altitude because you can um, you can get to feel what it's like. Certainly look at your stats. Um, you know, we were looking at obviously the, uh, the uh, our oxygen percentage in the blood. So you can see that go down a bit. Um, you can also look at the heart rate was certainly went up, especially when we exerted ourselves. Um, and there was definitely a correlation between that and much like our altitude. Yeah. And a big lesson for everyone is, you know, if, if you do feel yourself getting to that stage, we feel like you're overexerting yourself, but you only just got to stop and, 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 and wait a little bit and your body will, um kind of find a good zone where you know you're not your body's not working as hard and that's much like our altitude um you know which is is yes exactly the same uh, you know i yeah. found that it's good to test the machine so i did a test out with uh, and dave as well where we were just you know we, we weren't moving we were just sitting there although because it was our first time you can certainly see there's a little bit of 
okay, you know, it's not 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 anxiety, but because you're thinking about it, you know, when you're thinking about something, it always affects it, right? So once you relax and you actually just let the numbers do what they need to do, you can see some true numbers. And then when we went translated that then into the chamber, and then translated that to when we were moving, obviously me on the treadmill and Dave on the bike. Um, obviously, you can see then that is exactly like our altitude, which was great to see. Yeah, that's um, yeah firsthand, and hopefully you guys sort of saw that um, whenever you were as well on the live. So yeah, that 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 for me, Dave, was was a big learn. Um, you know, around how that works, and that certainly because another question was you know d- d- okay is that is it helpful then for people who are going to places like Everest Base Camp. Kilimanjaro, you know, to a certain extent, maybe in the big ones like Aconcagua, Island Peak, yeah. Mera Peak, you know, um, Lobuche, any of these, you know, does it help? And I think certainly there's, there's a double-edged sword here, um, you know, and, and, and certainly our opinions haven't changed in terms of there's no, and I think Dave, me and you are on the same, uh, you know, the same uh, page with this, there's no, nothing better than acclimatizing properly at altitude. Yeah. Um, so don't think that you can do this stuff and neglect the basics of hydration, looking after your body, keeping your mind on that positive, taking your time, you know, and enjoying yourself. You can't beat that. Um, and, you know, I don't care what anyone says. You, that's that. Don't forget about that. But that being said, the, the altitude center and what they can do can assist in, in helping you improve uh, yeah. your experience of altitude, I think, is is, is our um, I mean, Dave, would you any, any additional thoughts on that? Yeah, I think I think first of all, I really like the yeah. the first big thing that we took from it that there's altitude yeah. training for athletes that want to perform better at sea level. Mm-hmm. So there's a difference between that and what we do, and the difference is really the purpose of the training. So yeah, what they do is they train at altitude, so when they come down to altitude, they've got increased red blood cells that can carry oxygen to the muscles, so they can perform better, particularly with endurance sports. What we're trying to do is make that acclimatization process easier and less fraught with sicknesses when we go to altitude. And I think in that endeavor, it is a really good addition to the mountain rules as well. So as Andy said, like hydration, monitoring your pace and stuff like that, it is really good. So although it simulates altitude, what you do at the altitude center is not what you're going to be doing when you're actually trekking so the speed that which you saw me trekking on the bike with that uh, um cycling on the bike with that level of exertion and even to a degree the speed that andy was trekking on the incline you know that constant go that's training for altitude but it's not what we'll do when we're there we go at a much much slower pace because yeah. one of the biggest tools that we use is um not just how slowly we walk you know, overall, but like A to B to C, we go very gradually. So we gain our altitude gradually. And if you've already done some training in the altitude center, you're going to be physically fitter. The more physically fit you are, the less you exert yourself. The less you exert yourself, the better you acclimatize. Um, And then secondly, if you're doing quite a lot of training over there and over a longer period of time, you will build more red blood cells. That means you can carry more oxygen that means, again, you're going to have a, a much less chance of experiencing altitude sickness and stuff like that when you get higher. But I, I'll be honest, I absolutely loved it. I mean, one of the big things for me is that it, it didn't, it felt different breathing oxygen at that rate through the mask than yeah. how I felt when I was actually at altitude and, you know, at the summit of Kili and at Everest Base Camp. Because when you're at altitude, 
I can sit and talk to you like this pretty much yeah, like yeah. in Goretschep or on the summit of Kili and you don't get out of breath just standing around talking um, but even when you've got that mask on at five days and 100 meters because it's physically it gets physically difficult to draw breath so you start to feel that that hyper that hyperventilating feeling which I was getting a little bit when I was on the bike so in that last yeah. minute and a half when I was drawing deep breaths and like emptying the bags is that um, why those bags were literally like Dave, you okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To be honest, I felt fine. I was a little bit gutted I didn't finish the test. But again, it's about understanding the difference between altitude yeah. training and what you need to do at altitude. So for altitude training, my blood oxygen level, because I was breathing deep, because I was exerting myself on the bike, went down to around 75. At that point, you're not going to be getting any benefit. The stress on the yeah. body outweighs any acclimatization effect. So for the purposes of demonstrating the training, we called it a day when yeah, you're at yeah. altitude never my blood oxygen level has never dropped that low because i've never exerted myself that much for that yeah in uh, that, that level of consistency yeah. you know if i start to feel myself getting out of breath then i'll slow down or stop yeah um, that's what we recommend to everyone as well and that's what you know why you point about what you do on the mountain is just as important as the stuff that you do beforehand and together you'll get a good acclimatization but neither yeah. one, well, I would say actually the mountain rules are probably more important, hydration and pace. Yeah, 100%. Uh, you, you, can't, you can't get away from that. Um, you know, and chatting to the guys there, James, and, um, you know, they, they do have a lot of clients that say summit some 8,000 meter peaks, um, you know, maybe even climate uh, Aconcagua or Island Peak. Um, you know, and they use uh, basically tents at home, altitude tents. So you can, you can really build that up. Um, you know you, those red blood cells before you actually go on a trip, which which can assist. So you know, 100% that can help. And look, you know, we 100% um, uh, like honestly, it's so valuable, guys. I don't obviously you can sense when we were there last week. You know, we highly recommend the Altitude Center. Definitely drop in. Um, we're hoping to do a, a group trip there. Um, I'm sure we're set up over over the, the coming months um, and get back out there if we can find um, you know a date in in, in the schedule to, to get there. Um, you know, we'd love to because it'd be good to, to see a bunch of ever trekkers there. But without that, you know, you obviously if you can get down to London, if you're there for any other reason, because you don't have to be there that long, you know, an hour or two, you can get there and you can catch up with the guys that can go through the whole process that we went through. And then you can you can see where you're at. Um, and yeah. however you perform, um, it's good then because you've got a base to work from. And a lot of you, you know, knowing a lot of you on here anyway, you're, you're active, you're out all the time. Um, some of you have even been to altitude. I know there's also a few newbies on here as well that maybe haven't been to altitude. So, you know, it is it is a, a kind of, um, you know, a new feeling. So, yeah, it's good to to, to, to almost sample that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's some good questions coming through. I know we, we've obviously talked about, you know, in terms of the, what do we, um, you know, how do we feel about it? What do we learn? But I think it's some good questions coming in because um, I think it's, it's, it's worth answering them, Dave, which I know Lauren is is dropping them in as well. Uh, Jerome's asked, though, how's the knee, Dave, after last week? Oh, the knee. So, yeah, to be honest, the yeah. knee's fine. I mean, I say fine. I'm actually, the last couple of days, has been yeah, niggling me. Say. I was complaining to Andy earlier. Yeah. But I'm really beginning to understand and learn. Um, I have done a series of videos about my knee, talking mainly about the mindset of having to get over an injury and stuff. And I will start releasing them. I've got about seven left. And I know Andy's been shouting at me to release them. And I, I will. I just haven't got right into it. But yeah, I mean, I was told at the beginning that it's a non-linear recovery, meaning it'll get better. And then all of a sudden you'll find yourself, you know, worse off than you were weeks prior. And then it gets yeah. better again. 
and I think I'm in a bit I'm in the bit of a it's not as good as it was period at the moment um yeah. I'll be honest after the altitude center that was completely fine um I can pedal and bend my knee quite fast it's more the complete extension and the complete bend that's difficult when you're cycling you don't get that but no the last few nights has been annoying me but you know, I, I'm terrified that I'm becoming one of these people now that no one's ever going to ask me how I am because they'll just have to sit and listen to me talk for half an hour about my <laughs> knee. But, but honestly, overall, it's fine. I can walk, you know, it's pretty much, what, five weeks post-surgery now. I'm walking without crutches. I'm getting about yeah. okay. I've got pretty good extension, pretty good bend. And it's, it's yeah, if any of you ever hurt your ACL, let me know because, you know, I'd love to talk to you more about it. But um, actually, Anne, I'm going to jump to one of the latest questions that we've had. Okay. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, because it's from Jane uh, Moody, who's said, uh, how does the feeling compare to asthma? And okay. I know that's yeah, something yeah. that you know a little bit about because you've been to Altitude, <laughs> you've got asthma, and you've been to the Altitude Centre. So um, I'm going to take this one. And, um, <laughs> yeah, no, no, yeah, thanks, mate. Yeah, no, Jane, it's um, a good question. And I know we've we've done um a whole live just around asthma actually uh, which i think was called take my breath away for some reason love that song uh, in the 80s um but yeah definitely have a look at that one but off the i suppose one thing asthma um it feels exactly the same when you're uh, at altitudes it does sea level for me um i know that it affects different people depending on you know the seriousness of your, of your asthma and, and 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 how you're medicated you know if you just use the the one the preventative or you use the one, you know, if you're, if you're having a bit of difficulty. Um, but one thing I learned from the Altitude Center, it's it's exactly the same. Um, you don't feel like a restricted breathing. So it feels like you're taking in the same amount, like you're, you're breathing in the same. It's just uh, obviously in within that breath that you're taking, it's just there's less oxygen in it. So, you know, you, you it's not like you're, it's not like, say, you're a scuba diver. And as you go deeper, it takes, uh, you know, you've got to really suck that air in it's not like that feels exactly the same it's just you're breathing more yeah. um you know and so for instance if you go into steeper uh, like you go into steeper in the uk um or whatever you are if you're walking up a steep hill you'll be breathing more because your body needs more oxygen to keep going right um so it's that same um that same process so yeah it doesn't um it doesn't really feel any worse um and actually it was quite interesting to hear speaking to james that um because I think asthmatics and maybe their lungs are used to being restricted or, you know, something to do with it. And even James, you know, we have a chat about it and, and there's mixed opinions on this. But for some reason, asthmatics tend to do well at altitude. You know, I was yeah. quite happy to hear that. And, you know, my, my stats have always been pretty good um, over the years at altitude. So, you know, but everyone's make everyone's physical makeup is different. So you can you can get lucky, of course. But, yeah, the feedback I had from him was that. um uh, you know, it was it could be a, a correlation there between asthmatics doing well at altitude. Yeah. People have people have climbed Everest um, who have who, have, who are asthmatics. Moans so, yeah. is a climber. Yeah. You look up him, Moans Jensen. He tried to do yeah. it um, without oxygen three times, I think, and then finally summited with oxygen. Yeah, but yeah. yeah it, it asthma is one of those things I've only learned about because you've had it really. Yeah. I mean, but we did <laughs> ask him, didn't we? Because we asked him as well. We've heard this. It's almost like a, an old wives' tale now that smokers like smoking is beneficial for altitude. Where the one thing I will say about smoking, because I did ask him that question, yeah, because uh, I'd like a definitive answer, and he said, "There's two things at play. The first is there's a similar mechanism where smokers are perhaps used, to, like like asthmatics, to absorbing less oxygen per breath yeah. anyway. So 
So the transition from sea level to altitude might be easier for those guys. However, this is where it differs. Uh, it differentiates from asthma is that the all the negative side effects you get from from smoking that uh, affect other aspects of yeah. your health completely outweigh any positives you get. Asthmatics, not so. You can be perfectly fit and healthy and 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 still reap the benefits. So yeah, maybe I'll see if I can figure out a way to get asthma. Um, <laughs> no, 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 don't, don't. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me. Um, um, yeah. What, yeah. Um, Go on, Dave. Yeah. Oh no, I was just going to dive straight in, mate. But yeah. Um, yeah. Well, no, good, great question, Jane. I hope that uh, answers your question. I know you've you've, you've pinged there, uh, learned how to relax from breathing. Yeah, it certainly is. I mean, any any time your body is under pressure, um, you know, at altitude, wherever you are, if you're ever in that moment that um, you know you're feeling stressed or anything, yeah, just <laughs> it sounds it sounds mad, and uh, this is just something that I've used. Um, you know, I was quite a big scuba diver back in the day, and uh, for me, first time I ever dive with a whale shark is quite a powerful moment for me. And um, I don't know why, when I was doing some free diving or trying to um, help with my lungs, I'd try and reduce my heart rate and calm down. So I always used to go back to that moment of me. That was just one of many, but that was certainly a moment for me that was impact on my life just in terms of the experience of it. So, um, yeah, think about that. If you're ever going through a, a difficult time and you're trying to trying to get that breath in, um, you're trying to maybe calm yourself down a bit, just go to that, go to that good place and... Um, think about it a bit more let it fill you up and it, it does have an impact in your heart rate um just constantly think about it it's something completely different but i thought i'd share that with you jane yeah and all the ever trackers on here as well so yeah we got a little message yeah. from actually i just want to do one thing quickly someone messaged me last night saying they couldn't get it so i just want to say hello to julie dallow hello julie hope you're enjoying this we watch or listen but now <laughs> uh, so joel's in a message um i'm yes. like dave wow sorry about that um, and I always struggle to keep myself super hydrated unless it's beers, yeah. of course. From last week's tune in, it seems a lack of hydration is the main that you suffer altitude. Is the main reason you suffer altitude sickness. Is this true? Uh, yes, it is true. So yeah. yes, I run pretty hot when I'm hiking, so I'll always have less clothes on than perhaps Andy or maybe another person. Um, so okay. yeah, I'm constant. I'm constantly conscious of the fact that I need to be replacing that fluid, especially when I'm at altitude. I mean, you can get away with it at sea level, although it's not recommended hydrating yourself in any aspect. But at altitude, you really are like the moment you dehydrate yourself, you stop acclimatizing. So then you've only got a number of hours then before you start getting headaches and feeling unwell, yeah. particularly if you continue gaining your altitude. So what happens is you seem to see people suffer on certain days. So when they get to Namshi, when they get to Tengboche, and if they can get past those kind of two points, they're okay. And I don't think that it's a surprise that to get up to Namshi, you've got to walk up Namshi Hill. Um, it's a long day and it's often quite hot because you're at lower altitude. So I don't think it's a coincidence that those people get there, perhaps haven't yeah. drunk enough, haven't replaced those fluids and then wake up the next day feeling like, oh, I've got, I've got altitude sickness. And then the same in, then they're okay for a little while. And then they might go up to Tengboche, which is another big climb. And then they feel ill again. So, yeah, what I tend to do is just bring things to make it a little easier. So squash, hydration salts, which I'll usually save for the end of the day to, you know, have a litre of water with some hydration salts in there. Um, and, yeah, so I'll usually start the day with about a litre and a half in my water bladder. And I have to drink that by lunch. And then I'll fill up again at lunch. And then I have to drink that by the end of the day. So that's three litres right there, not including cups of tea. Um, and then I'll usually drink another litre, sort of 
between the end of finishing and going to sleep. So that's four liters a day plus teas and stuff like that. It can easily jump up to five liters. So yeah. that's what I do. And I break it down like that. Otherwise, you know, you're playing with dice really, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's, we, we talk about all the time, Dave, don't we? And, and we certainly had a chat with, um, um james and sam at the altitude center and nick as well forgot to mention nick who we met there who also works at the altitude center um yeah. it's certainly around hydration i say nine times out of ten if there's a, if there's um, um evacuation which is very rare or someone maybe just gets to uh, gorak shet and then can't quite make base camp or the same on on Killy, you know you might reach um, maybe stellar point but you can't really get any higher or you know basically not quite go the full distance most of the time it's down to hydration or, or lack of hydration. Um, you know, so yeah, I know, I know it seems like we're an old record here playing every week, but it's because we, um, you know, you get the basics right at altitude. It, it, it certainly makes your life a hell of a yeah. lot easier, guys. I mean, um, even, even yeah. if you do the altitude center mm. and you do that for a long time and then you go to altitude, if you don't drink enough, game over. Still, there's yeah. nothing, there's no substitute for it and there's no way around it. So you have to drink a lot of water, keep hydrated. And you've got to see as a challenge, haven't you, Dave? Like, like just see, okay, right, I'm, gonna, I'm really, I'm going to, okay, I know i got this challenge to get to where I'm going to get to today, but see drinking um, the, uh, the the water as a challenge itself as much as getting to the end of the day, just as important. Uh, you know, if you had a um, a priority list, stick it right next to get into the way you're going to get to. You make sure yeah. it's your priority list so you can mentally kind of accept, okay, right, um, you know, I need to hit those numbers in yeah. terms of, um uh, almost like a system uh and, and a couple of weeks ago we, we caught up with paul fosh which is uh, coming out very soon uh, on the podcast around uh, he always talks about systems and he he, he kind of um, he does ultra marathons in quite remote parts of alaska um canada and also um other areas and for him it's all about systems um so he's got a system for eating he's even got a system for going to the toilet but yeah if you can think of a system for water so okay and i don't know it seems like boring you know because you want to enjoy yourself don't you you want to try and not be thinking about okay and be robotic about it all but if even if you can have a system for hydration and altitude so yeah. you know that before lunch you can have it like dave said like a liter or a half just make sure you achieve that you know because you can even pick this up and just neck 500 milliliters straight off right um you know pretend it's a beer whatever you need to do get that water down you um like dave said you can have a bit of squash put it in you so you can drink it yeah um you know, no systems, I think, uh, you know, so sometimes you do it subconsciously and you're fine. But if you can consciously think about it, it will improve your experience or attitude. Every yeah, time. exactly. Um, right. I've got a few questions. I think one came in on the email. It's for Jackson Griffith. Sadly, we'll be able to make the Q&A, uh, but I saw your recent altitude set a piece. Uh, occasional alpinist uh, yourself. Um, so basically, just, just it's, a, it's a bit of a long question, so I'm going to shorten it a bit. He wants to know the difference between sort of sleeping or altitude. Uh, or at home and which one uh, would be interested in your views which one is more beneficial um, I think yeah it depends on what you're going to do Jackson I'd say you know if you're gonna if you go into altitude and like say on Everest base camp trip or Killy or you know some you know anything over say 4,000 meters um, you know there's there's no there's no question in my mind that you know you, it's just all about the acclimatization while you're there in terms of the getting the benefit yeah yeah if you were Say you went from Everest Base Camp and did it and then flew to, I mean, this would be awesome, right? But imagine then you flew all the way over to Tanzania knowing that you've just come from Everest Base Camp and you've already been up to 5,000 meters and you're already acclimatized. You're going to be acclimatized on Kili too. 
So yeah, if you can, it depends how close it is before you go. So for instance, in say the, the weeks leading up to a trip, if you uh, happen to be at three, three and a half thousand meters, maybe because you're in the Alps or, you know, you can, you can do that. That's going to have significant impact when you're on say, uh, you know, uh, another high altitude trek because you've already acclimatized to that height. Um, as well as that, then obviously you've got the, the tents and things like that, which can build up your, um, your red blood cells. Obviously, if you're sleeping in those tents, but still you're going to have times where you're also living your daily life outside of that tent. So for me, I think, yeah, if you, if you, if you go into altitude itself would be more beneficial if it's just literally in the week or two before you go. Yeah. Um, otherwise, you know, it doesn't like, yeah, speaking to the guys like James and, and we were talking about, you know, how long would you do it before you were going to say altitude then? And he, he was talking kind of like in the months build up to it. Um, they can say, okay, if you like, if you came to the altitude center, if you live closer, you can go there for a certain time, you know, get, uh, you know, take your, take the body up to say 5,000 meters, let the body let breathe and, and, and do some exercise there. Um, and your body will, will kind of adjust um, the same as then they can give the altitude tents that you can take home. Um, and that does the same thing, but to a bigger extent, but not as much as if you were sleeping there. So yeah, it depends on, on kind of what your goal is, but yeah, interested Jackson um, to hear, hear your story, mate. And, and yeah, what, yeah. Uh, you know, where, where, where you're thinking of going, obviously we'd love to help that journey. Uh, just drop us a message. One thing that is quite funny, um, Parisha Patel here has asked if there's any good spots for a pedicure on the way up. I'm assuming she meant pee, just judging by the... Yeah, she has. So, uh, But yeah, that tells me a lot about her autocorrect and how many pedicures she gets. Um, but yeah, there are loads of options to do that. So at least three times a day when you start, when you have lunch and when you yeah. um, finish, but also large rocks, vegetation, hiding places and stuff like that. So yeah, loads yeah. of places for that. Loads. Um yeah, so another one, Jerome has asked about salt. So yeah, when we talk about hydration, sorry, we perhaps should be a little bit more specific. We yes. do mean complete rehydration and not just drinking water. So replacing those lost electrolytes, salts and yeah. things like that. So that's why we'll usually, um, I said about the hydration salts, the electrolyte tablets that I'll have at the end of the day. That is to replace all of that that I've lost during uh, from sweating. Um, so yeah, lots and lots of water, but also you'll eat food as well and you'll get a lot of salt from the food you eat. Um, so normally it's not that much of a problem. Um, but yeah, I do think replacing lost electrolytes and salt and stuff is a big, really important. Um, <laughs> and, and Joel is our salty crisps enough. Um, <laughs> maybe, uh, I'm not too sure, man. I think the, uh, the electrolytes, Joel, would probably be better than salty crisps. Uh, you know what, if those crisps make you feel better mentally, why not? Have yeah. them, eat them, get them down. Yeah. Um, Gavin says, looking for advice to help train legs for going downhill. Legs get very sore, especially calves after a few days on a hike. Looking yeah. forward to training the weekend in September. So first of all, the, the September weekend training, I, I don't think is happening anymore. So drop me an email. Second one is with regards to downhill. First thing I would ask is, are you using poles? If not, get some. Yeah. Um, they take quite a lot of the impact out of the legs and stuff like that. Um, second one I would look at is what really changed it for me was changing the boots and insoles and stuff like that that I wear. Um, I used to have a lot of trouble going downhill. I still don't like it that much, but I've got a lot better since I've started using um, those boots, um, Mandel Bhutans and the Superfeet Trailblazer insoles. You may have to yeah. get some custom insoles made, um, some orthotics and stuff like that, but it shouldn't be that much of an issue. It tells me that if your calves are getting really sore, there's something wrong beneath the calves that your calves are compensating for. Um, and I think poles and maybe changing your boots and stuff like that would be good. Um, yeah. Other than that, yeah, just build up your calves and strength muscles by doing, um, you know, um, like calf lifts and 
leg exercises and to be honest there's no substitute from just getting out in the mountain and walking up and down hills and strengthening them that way getting mountain fit is what we say exactly so that's what i'd exactly. recommend yeah it is one of those sometimes you're going to ache you're going to feel you know those legs are going to ache regardless of how fit you are it's, it's just going to happen mate um but yeah single leg movements is really good so for instance if you've got like a as dave said that you've got like a weighted press but if, even if you did like weighted lunges uh, they're going to be really really good for <laughs> your legs but yeah just it, always the same you know get out if you can um you know even even if you haven't got uh, any mountains near you uh, just get get the miles in um before you go and, and that honestly pay dividends when you're out there yeah um but all of this training don't think you have to be he-man or superwoman guys you um you, you you don't um you know it helps and you'll have a far more enjoyable time the fitter you are but um you know spend time on the other stuff as well as fitness um, get your mind in the right place um you know certainly uh, think about what you're going to do when you're out there um enjoy yourself this trip away you know you guys worked hard for, for this trip some of you are doing it for loads of different types of reasons think about why you're there uh, also you know we you know i don't want to sound like i'm not saying what to train but just uh, you know co cover the other stuff as well um because it's, it, it, you don't have to be super fit to, to get to these places it helps um right yeah uh chrissy leyland uh chris uh, i think he's asked um at the beginning there uh what's the crack with travel to and from the pool or any treks going ahead this year so yeah uh chrissy um yeah if, if you've been um around the community for a while it's uh we haven't run any trips in nepal since march last year so yeah we're, we're hoping that this autumn will go ahead although um you know we we are recommending uh every, anyone that's booked in uh, nepal tanzania um or south america in the autumn to, to reschedule this isn't you know that is just a recommendation because um you know it's still on the red list uh, although the vaccinations are going well in nepal there's still a lot of other things that the british uh, government seem to be worried about um but we know as much as as you guys um you know it's we're hoping to run those trips but you know it is is very 50 50 at the moment yeah. um you know some people are choosing to wait other people you know want to plan ahead and be a bit more a bit more ready for it uh, and look into um you know looking ahead to next year when we've got dates up until the end of 2024 so you know if you want a, the full experience um you know when when we're able to get back trekking to, to nepal then then certainly look beyond uh, this autumn if you're not already booked um you know we've had a few people who requested to move to their trip to this autumn and we, we've said look you know we're not going to do that at the moment because we've got a lot of people booked in already who we've all we've recommended to move but you know we don't want to move anyone to that date at the moment just because it's it's you know we're just not doing that it, it's it's very difficult to and, it, and it's been a challenge for 18 months now as a, as a venture travel company to kind of definitively say okay this one's 100 running because they change the rules every week you know um but we we are being as flexible as we can aren't we dave and, and certainly with uh all of our trips i mean the one that we're, we're, we're fingers crossed we're hoping to run is first is the one in morocco next month and that's uh um you know really looking forward to running that one uh dave i know you've been working hard with team over in in morocco to, to obviously make that happen yeah exactly yeah so i'll be sending out some emails um yeah. during this week to the people that are due to go in august yeah um which i think it's like a month today um yeah there are some challenges that we're working out so we still haven't got all the answers as i sit here today but um <coughs> yeah working that's pretty much my uh what i was doing before this and what i'll be doing after is um looking into that so it is an interesting one travel at the moment is obviously crazy and difficult the yeah. uk is going through a period of change as well with regards to its regulations i mean who knows how that'll affect the world around us and what will happen i just 
man, what I wouldn't give for some, you know, surety, but uh, <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, moving on to the the other questions as well. Joel yeah, yeah. Palmer, you've asked quite a few, so let's see if I can do a today. quick fire. Do you lose weight on an EBC trip? Yes, you can. Uh, depends how much you eat, I guess. But uh, if you just stick to a normal sort of eating regimen, um, you're going to be trekking for 11 days in a row for five to eight hours a day. So, yes, you should lose weight. Um, I do know people that don't lose weight uh, because they'll smash, you know, 52 dial bats over those 11 days. So it does make a difference. <laughs> Do your feet get wet? No, not really. Um, you'll be crossing over those streams and rivers uh, with bridges. So I've never, ever got wet feet on my way to Everest Base Camp, except for the very, very last day, getting back to Lukla one time. And you remember that when the I heavens do. opened on us. Um, yeah. The beautiful was, Welsh weather. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, monsoon weather, actually. So it was a bit worse, but it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It was like rushing back to get to Lukla for a plane that we knew was never going to arrive. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. it. It's weather is it's pretty bad. Um, yeah, exactly, Dave. And yeah, going back to the weight, what you said there, Dave, around losing weight. Yeah, I always I always think about it in this. If you've got a bit of weight to lose, you'll lose it. You know, if <laughs> um, the people who are quite lean, they don't tend to lose weight. Um, just no. from what we from what we've experienced, the people who haven't got much um, you know meat on the bone, uh, they won't they won't lose much weight. But the people who have carrying a bit of timber, um, you know, then you will lose weight. I mean. For example, the first time I ever went to Everest Base Camp, um, at the beginning of 2016, uh, yeah, I lost a that stone. So clearly, yeah. I had some to lose. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was it was certainly experience. But because you're burning so many calories every day, because your body's working so hard, so yeah, you will you will lose weight at altitude if you've got it to lose. Yeah, it's funny. I've I've gone the other way, which tells you a lot about my direction. So the first time I ever went to altitude, I lost nothing. Then the yeah. second time maybe half a stone <laughs> the next time, maybe a stone. So yeah. Um, yeah. It all depends, but you know, yeah. if, if you eat Dalbat and you eat tons and tons of Dalbat, then, you know, cause Dalbat is the one thing, little top tip actually, if you are really, really hungry for lunch, yeah. um, order a Dalbat because they always chuck you seconds and thirds. There's always so much of it going around that you'll get extras where if you order just another yeah. meal, you'll just get one. So yeah, if you're starving, Dalbat power, 24 hour, no sleep, no shower. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that for a while, Dave. Well done. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, uh, just going through the, the questions. Jaws asked again, will the porters remind us to keep hydrated? Um, no, it's, it's more of, I mean, the porters will be kind of off with your bags. It's more the guides and the assistant guides um, that are kind of reminding you to, to sort of you know, to keep drinking. But, you know, look after it yourself. And also, you know, the team members do it. So the other people in your group, will be kind of nudging, you know, how you get on me your water and, you know, ask around as well, you know, how you doing? Um, you know, yeah, if I was with you, Joel, I'd say, how you doing with the water, you know, and then you can have a little look and, and I was like, okay, right, I, I'll try and smash 500 mils uh, before you do and then you, and next thing you know, you both drunk 500 mils, right? Yeah. Uh, have a little, have a little play with it. Um, you know, so yeah, when, when it comes to your guides can, you know, they're not always holding your hand, you know, you've got to be responsible for it yourself. Um, you know, so, do have as I go back to those systems and going back to that challenge of trying to drink that much water. I know it's hard. Um, it is because naturally I think, geez, I got to drink all that, you know. Um, but just think about the challenge. Get into where you want to get to. You do that. It's going to make that happen. So get it done. Yeah, exactly. Um, You'll be fine, Joel. Exactly. Uh, Jerome that is the Dalbat yeah. at each tea house different recipe. Largely the same recipe, but yeah. made slightly differently with slightly different ingredients. I would say most of them are pretty much the same. 
although yeah. you do get they are a little bit different but pretty much the same and then every every now and then you'll stop at a to so it'll just do some outstanding like way better than anything you've had before uh, my personal favorite is in Kathmandu when you get the big dalbas with chicken yeah. and stuff like oh, that. And, Dave, don't you're um, missing that now? Jeez. Yeah, exactly. So and then <laughs> maybe a side of momos as well. You know, it's like, a, yeah, that's my that's my absolute favorite. To be honest, I'll use dalbat if I know I've got maybe a big day the next day or something like that. Maybe base camp day, I might have some dalbat. But most of the time, to be honest, I find it a bit too bit too much, man. I like I just feel stuffed. And that's the one thing people are concerned about is the food. And I will say, just trust me, you will not go hungry on an EBC trip. I mean, the same with Killy as well. Any, like, any trip, yeah, we, yeah. Yeah, we've talked a lot about Killy, uh, EBC, but really yeah. Killy is, um, you know, is, is equally as popular. And yeah. the, the food situation is a little different on there. So you'll, it's all catered for you and cooked for you. Um, so it is possible to eat meat on Kilimanjaro by the way it's provided. But um, there's a good mixture there. They do provide like Western foods more than perhaps any local dish the main reason is because when people get altitude sickness they tend to, or not altitude sickness even when people go to altitude yeah and you know you've suffered with this a little bit you lose your appetite right yeah exactly um, yeah it's one of the only things i ever feel i mean yeah you need to keep your energy up so you've got to force that down you yeah exactly um, yeah. you know and having, you dave's like come on Andy, come on you gotta eat your food now yeah like, like <laughs> well, well that's because andy knows i'm like a hawk you know so like i'll be yeah. sat there like you're gonna eat that and because if you don't i'll have it and then andy's like no no I'll have it. <laughs> yeah but um but also like so andy i know brings like you know chocolate bars yeah. i bring chocolate bars but also having like choosing some food that's familiar so we even in the lodges in nepal there'll be like um you know french fries and fried rice and pizzas although i'd stay away from the pizzas um and other western things that are familiar and yeah. the reason that they're there is not because they're you know they're just trying to offer you a variety. It's because they know the well you're at altitude, something familiar that you can just force in, like a slice of pizza or fried rice or something. It's just is 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 good. Um, yeah. Weirdly, the Tanzanian stuff. Remember, they they made us a big load of Tanzanian porridge one morning, and um, I think most of it got left. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those, isn't it? It didn't go down that well, but it was um, obviously good for you. But you, you always look for that comfort food and um you know something nice and easy i think some of us went for like the the omelette or eggs or they even had some some sausage there which is quite nice pancakes um pancakes yeah they, i mean there's, the there's no you never you never go hungry it's just that it's that battle between feeling hungry and then <clears throat> almost then literally hitting a wall and then you, you don't want to eat because you're maybe not feeling too well and you're like geez but it looks so good you know and you've got to force that down to keep it is up. it is funny though the difference you know going back mm. to the altitude like how people react differently because yeah. me and you we live pretty much an identical lifestyle you know and then we go to altitude and then i'll maybe have problems that you don't have like i think i get more headaches than you get yeah um, i hardly get headaches yeah but i do get one because of the change in air pressure so quite often i'll get a little headache to be honest it's nothing i don't mean you know i'm so used to it now but one of the things like I'll notice, Andy will have a bit of food and I'll, I'll look at him, I'll say, struggling, is it, mate? And he's like, yeah. You know, with me, yeah. I'm like, I'm just on auto shovel. I could just keep putting food in. Like, you know, it just never, even when, and strangely, when I know. you're a machine with food, Dave. I can't, I can't beat yeah. that. Well, my nickname in high school was the seagull because um, <laughs> I never chewed anything. It just in whole gone, in whole gone. Wow. So, that um, is, I, I want people to remember that now so we can call out, how's seagull? Yeah, it's like, you know, when you see, if you like, if you threw a bit of food to a seagull, the way it kind of just gets it, well, I'm like the seagull. 
and also hovering around looking for stuff, you know, but like, I don't know. Yeah. That's, that's why I got a few extra, you know, few extra planks of timber to shift. <laughs> you, know, so. um, you need a base camp trip, mate. That's what you need. Um, I'm trying. <laughs> I know, I know. Right. Yeah. We can't wait to get there. Um, yeah. A few more questions around the altitude set there, guys. Just want to sort of cover off. Um, I think a few people have asked um, around uh, going there for the consultation. Don't forget, if um, if you do get in touch with the Altitude Centre, obviously mention Evertrek, and I think you get 30% off the consultation, which we did. So definitely do that. We are going to be um, looking at sort of a group, you know, getting a group there. Um, I say there's no nothing to book yet, nothing like that. That's something in a work in progress. I think for now, if you do want to go and, and, and sort of catch up with them yourselves, um, if you are booked on a trip with us, don't forget in the members area, you can fill in the little, um, uh, this little form there from the Altitude Centre and they can get back in touch. Um, so definitely uh, look at that. So I think, Jerome, you were looking at maybe going there. Um, I know obviously it'd be great to, to, to see you and meet you and go part of the group. That would be that'll be quite cool. Um, I think, uh, Diane, you mentioned around potentially going there, but obviously it's going to be quite difficult to go down there for the kind of follow-up consultation. Sometimes, yeah, e even just, just seeing where you're at, you know, is good. I know the follow-up consultation would be worth it, but even if you can just get down there once, I think would, would really help you. Um, you know, I know that you, know, you haven't spent a lot of time in altitude and you've got a, you know, quite a few trips booked in, so it will be valuable just to know where you're at. But, you know, personally, with, with altitude, uh, Diana, I think you'll be, you've got a mindset and, and the fitness to, to be strong altitude. So, yeah, just be, be confident when it comes to altitude. Obviously, you know, look at the stats as well, but um, um, from what we've learned, and from all the people we've taken on altitude, you kind of get a correlation between what works and what don't, and you'll be fine. You'll be very, you 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 do great. Um, but obviously, I know if 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 you want to do that and get the consultation, go for it. Um, just gives you a little peace of mind, you know. Um, yeah, it's not going to hurt. Certainly not going to hurt. Um, right, Dave. Any any other questions, mate? I know we've um, we've, we've covered uh, well, a lot we, already. We we we've kind of we've kind of fallen into a, a food life, you know. Um, so yeah, but no. Um, oh, not, right, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, so, um, but no, not seeing too much at the moment in terms of excess questions. So we might have actually completed altitude. Um, <laughs> completed so it. it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, actually, uh, James makes a very good question and very important question. Uh, will there be hydration after? I presume then in terms of the altitude center. And yeah, uh, James, uh, you know, we like to hydrate. Um, and yeah, we have found a very nice watering hole not far away from the. Oh, Austin that Center. that lovely one, like down that lovely Yali. One, yeah. yeah, that was very great. Nice. They, they did a, they did a, they did a lovely cheeky little pint. But um, Timothy it was quite nice. Yeah. Oh, Diane also asked if any of us yeah. will be at the Snowdonia one. Um, probably not, Diane. To be fair, um, so the yeah. Snowdonia Explorer. Um, there are some few people booked on. I think there's four or five people booked onto that one now. Yeah. Um, but sadly, myself. Andy and a few others. I mean, I, I can anyway. I'm infirmed. Um, yeah. But no, uh, not this one. Maybe one in the future, but it's a little bit hard to plan around at the moment. Um, but yeah, and I think someone's asked about milk as well. Is there milk on the trips? Yes, there is. Yes, so, Kilimanjaro yeah, is powdered milk, and in EBC and other places like that, it can be milk, fresh local milk. I guess. To be honest, I tend not to have it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just stick to black coffee and black tea and stuff like that. No, I, I like I like my coffee and milk or milk you coffee. Do, it depends where you go. It's, it's advertised differently. Yeah. If you're in Nepal, they can suddenly do it. It's coffee with milk, and then the next place will be milk with coffee. And yeah. you're wondering, is that a difference? That different? Sometimes they're on the same menu, and it'll yeah. be milk with milk coffee, and it'll be coffee with milk. But anyway, yeah. it's coffee, and it's lovely. 
Um, keeps you keeps you going. Uh, will there be hydration? They're just going. Jerome's asked about two pound November. Yeah, so Jerome, um, so we, when we're talking about uh, rescheduling for the autumn, so I mentioned that was only Nepal, Tanzania, and South America. So when it comes to Morocco at the moment, um, yeah, looking feasible to run those trips, um, which means the ones in November will go ahead. Obviously, anything anything there is impacted, mate, we'll we'll let you know um, around that one. Yeah, because we'll be um, obviously I'm I'm out in Morocco myself in November. So yeah, I'm I'm uh, really confident about that, but. <laughs> Like anything, uh, this time last year, we were also feeling the same. I mean, you know, I, I hope so, guys. I can't wait to, to get back to, to the mountains. I know we, we've we've planned um, as much as we can in the interim. And I know we started doing these uh, lives right at the beginning of lockdown. And, and we're still going, but, you know, and we'll, we'll still continue them. But, um, yeah, I can't wait to, to actually get back to, to doing the stuff that we, we love in the mountains. And I know you guys want to do the same as well. Um, yeah, there's a couple more questions dave any any more come in i'm just scooting um, through there. so having a quick look yeah at the i did see one that came in what was i looking at now i think i've got one here dave yeah crack um, on, you do it from, it's from lisa uh is there an alternative milk if you can't take dairy milk yes so Water. we we do <laughs> you know we do get um some people who uh who are uh, obviously gluten intolerant maybe they can't have dairy um, you know, certain allergies, things like that, or even, you know, choices. They don't want to have the dairy stuff. Um, yeah. And we can cater for that. As long as you let us know, we can brief the guides and they can speak with uh, the places that you go in um, to make sure that there's 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 an alternative for you, um, you know, if, if that's the case. I mean, sometimes, you know, because you are in a remote region, um, sometimes that might have to be brought in. So if there's anything that you kind of use normally, um, obviously, you know, Lisa drops a message, info at evertrek.co.uk. We can obviously talk in more depth um around that for your trip but yeah we can always cater for people who um you know have certain requirements um 100 so yeah. you know I know we got a lot of, a lot of the community that's um um quite a, quite a lot of gluten intolerant um, i think we even uh, got a couple of people who are celiac as well um so yeah we want to make sure that um you know we, we cover all bases for that and we've yeah. had people before who have had serious allergies and and, and we've ma we've managed it um you know they did have a carer team come with them who brought uh, quite a lot of the stuff they used but uh, we always try and cater for that um, as much as we can within reason in the remote regions you know without taking yeah. you know the kitchen sink up um you know but we'll, we'll obviously try and accommodate as much as we can yeah because we have a lot of um vegans don't we the veganites and, um yeah so the, there is a lot of stuff like that um that we can accommodate for uh parisha has asked are momos available at all the tea houses in nepal oh, yes. pretty much yeah yeah it's um it's like Dalba, if Dalba is the national dish of Nepal, um, Momos came a close second. Um, <coughs> yeah, I love them. They're amazing. Are they gluten-free? Don't know. Not sure about Momos, to be honest. I know. I, I, really I would probably say no. Um, but, you know, just struggle through. They're awesome. They're worth it. Yeah, they are really nice. If, if, you, if you're able to eat them, they are, they are really nice. Um, yeah. They always give us a little bit of curry sauce, which is quite nice as well. Um, and I, I figure altitude... You always go back to the basics, um, especially someone like me who might lose appetite or altitude. Uh, the kind of things that I want to eat, I'll get some chips, uh, so basically like fries and some momos. Because I'll know, fries. yeah, momos and fries. I just nail that down, keep the energy going, get those carbs in, um, and yeah, it's it's perfect. Yeah. Um, but Dave, right? Well, I, I know we're, we're coming towards the end now. I mean, it's it's been really good just to talk about last week because I thought it was really valuable. Um, you know, I, I'd say, Dave, what would be your biggest learn about, about the altitude center from last week? Was anything um, 
I think my biggest learn is that whether or not you're going there just for an initial consultation or whether you're planning on using the altitude center regularly yeah is the education that you get from it is the most valuable thing yeah you know that they say you know knowledge dispels fear i really truly believe that i um we talk about altitude a lot and it's the number one thing that people get anxious about yeah but the more educated you are on the subject the less anxious you will be so regardless of what the numbers say being at altitude is always different and having the knowledge of what altitude is how your body's reacting to it so you're not surprised by anything really does get rid of the fear gets rid of the anxiety so you can just go forward and in, and enjoy what you've gone there to do yeah. so that's probably my biggest learn from it overall is regardless of what you're going there for the education that you'll get is the most valuable thing yeah certainly i, I think it, it certainly reminded me um again you know like you said, Dave, about knowing those things, you know, about altitude and it certainly dispels all those, any, any fears or, or things around altitude. I think is once you go to altitude, you realize actually it's just, it's okay. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not as, as, as maybe hard as you, as you think it is. It sometimes can be depending on where your body's at. Don't get me wrong. Um, you know, it can be very challenging guys, but sometimes, you know, those, those little fears and that, those anxious feelings do dissipate when you've gone to altitude the first time. Because yeah. the next time you go, you already know what it's like, and it's a lot easier, and you have a, a you know a better time because you you know you kind of you enjoying it. Um, so yeah, certainly for me, going to the altitude center, seeing that it's good to see the numbers too, um, to maybe give you a bit of confidence of how your body reacts to um, getting less oxygen into your body. That's always good to see. I think that gives you a bit of peace of mind, um, and also as well that you know, if you want to, you can sort of lean on them. You know, they have got other things like the, the altitude tents you can use at home. If you're not, um, you know, close to London. Um, and yeah, and who knows that they, they might be opening others around the UK. You never know. Um, yeah. we'll, we'll see what happens with that. But yeah, guys, I hope uh, everyone's enjoyed this week's anyway. Um, just before we go, I will get Lauren to put the competition link in because we've got the um, running the Kilimanjaro competition at the moment. Um, which we've, uh, I think it's a week today we're announcing the, the winner. Um, so, yeah, if you haven't got yourself involved yet, Lauren, if you can pop the link into the comments, please. Um, get yourself in. I know a lot of you are already in. Some of you are already uh, on that Killy trip. But don't forget, we've. Um, you can use um, anything after this and, and, you know, anything that comes off the back of it on any trip. But do, um, do get yourself involved. Um, and I think next week as well, we have got some exciting news around another new trip that we're excited yeah. to launch. Um, so yeah, can't wait for that. But I hope you've enjoyed it, Dave. Yeah, sounds good, mate. It's uh, been a been a great live as always. Yes, mate. Yeah, really enjoyed this oh. one. Really enjoyed it. You know, it's really good. To, I think to do a bit of a deep dive after the altitude center. And, yeah. Um, yeah, it's also really good because our scheduling kind of gets moved around from COVID. So we were supposed to be the altitude center today. Yeah, so, it, uh, was, it was. So yeah, it's yeah, only yeah, right that really. we, um, you know, we brought it forward due to scheduling. But yeah. Awesome, guys. Yeah, no, really enjoyed that. Obviously, any questions, anything you want to know, drop us a message. Always happy to help. Yeah, nice one, guys. Okay, well, have an awesome week. Uh, don't forget to put the sun cream on because I know it's burning out there. Um, Scorcho. Yeah, Keep hydrated, as always. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you next Tuesday. See you, guys. Bye. Adios. Awesome. So I hope you enjoyed the uh, another episode of the Mountain Malarkey podcast. Um, yeah, that was something a little bit different, wasn't it, from the Tuesday tune-in, but I yeah. hope you enjoyed it. I must say, you were brilliant on that episode, Ant. <laughs> 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 thanks mate thanks now if, uh, if you've enjoyed it don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe to the podcast um, you know all these uh, podcasts we put together the episodes trying to reach as many people as possible and if it's helped you leave us a lovely review um, and yeah we'll see you again next week yeah all the best guys bye